This is Teresa from Santosha Yoga. I'm Cindy Chase. And I'm Penny Carroll. Welcome, Welcome to, to Mindful, Mindful Moments. Moments. Okay, so asana is really how people come into yoga in 2019. That's how most people identify with yoga, through asana. And I think I shared way back when, in the first episode, I I think I shared that my introduction to yoga was strictly for the asana, strictly for the physical practice, that I was very unaware that there was a whole inner practice involved in it. Mm -hmm. So you're right, Most I think most people come here looking for a healthier body, which is a good thing. That's yeah, a good thing. Absolutely. You know, um, everybody wants to be healthier, and this is a really nice way to, you know, get yourself into something. Most people think yoga is far more gentle. You know, it's not a workout or anything like that. Um, and so they just come in and try it. And then they find out that there is a lot of physicality to it. It's, mm-hmm. it's harder than you think because you're moving, you're breathing, you're becoming aware of your body, what your body can do, what your body can't do. And none of that is bad or good. It's not a judgment. It's just, oh, today my body can do this. Today my body can't do that. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately, don't come back after the first or second time because it was different, harder than they thought. Yeah, because you're really forced to think about your body in a completely different way than you have the 35 years you've carried your body around mm-hmm. on this planet. Mm-hmm. Correct. And not just left and right and up and down and touch the floor and reach to the sky, but what does it feel like in your heart? Mm-hmm. What tone is going on in your head? And do you also have emotions bubbling up? That is really difficult. Yes. Again, it's it's they came for the physical practice, and then they realized, oh, it's it's touching more parts of me than I not more than I thought that it was going to touch. Not just my physical body; it's touching my emotional body, and I think for a lot of people that scares them. Just the same thing when we talked about meditation, it scares them, and they back off and say, yeah, no way, too deep, too deep, <laughs> or too intense. They sweat. Yeah. It's like, oh, I sweated. I said, well, you moved your body. <laughs> or my muscles are sore. Are they sore in a painful way? Or in, in a just, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's an interesting way. Well, that's kind of a good thing. That means you're stretching and opening and you're creating space in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it creates body awareness, which right. I think a lot of people don't really have. Um, walking around, you know, we walk around in this, but we don't really, you know, when, think about when we're putting our feet on the floor. We don't think about that. You know, how do our feet feel? What do we spread our toes out? You know, where you shoes most of the time. So it does create a lot of body awareness as well. Can we back up um, a couple thousand years? There's a there's you know if if you Google you know how old are the physical practice, how old are the asanas, you're going to get a lot of different beliefs of what it is. Mm-hmm. There are some there are some people that believe that there are hieroglyphic hieroglyphics. Say that for me. Hieroglyphics. Thank you, dear. In caves where it's showing, you know, like seated poses or some type of asana, some type of a part of the yoga poses. So, you know, if you want to go way back, you can go way back. But what I was taught is that the physical practice of yoga was secondary to meditation, that you did the physical practice, the asana, first to limber up the body in order to sit for long periods of time in meditation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, you know, and again, yoga, did it originate in, in India? Did it originate in Thailand? It, again, there's, there's all these different belief systems, and I'm not going to agree or disagree with anybody. But then it comes to the point where, um, in, in the more truer sense of the practice, again, it was much more of a flowing meditation. You know, you had your breath, pranayama, or um, the pranayama for yoga is ujjayi breath. So, and then it came to um, the West. They attribute it to Swami uh, Vivekananda that he brought it to Chicago in the late 1800s. And they, everyone was, he got a standing ovation and everybody was cool about it. And then it kind of died down a little bit. And then what happened is a, um, actually she was an actress. I don't remember what her real name was, but her stage name was Indra Devi. And she wanted to become a yoga teacher. 
and she wanted to learn under Krishmacharya, and he said no, because she was a woman. Oh, let me backpack, way, backtrack. Way back when, only men were allowed to practice the asanas, were mm -hmm. allowed to practice yoga. Women had to do it n not at all or in secret. So when Indra Devi said, I want to become a yoga teacher, Krishnacharya says, yeah, no, you're a woman, we don't need you, you're, you know, you're subpar, we don't need you. And she ended up having to get the palace or whoever was um, in charge at the time, basically had to force Krishnamacharya to take Indra Devi on as a student. And of course she excelled. Well, she studied in India for about eight years and then she came to the West, she came to Hollywood um, sometimes about, I think it was about 1948 and she opened up her own studio and then she started getting movie stars and, um, Shirley MacLaine, um, Marilyn Monroe. Um, so I think that's from what I read and what I understand, that's how it evolved more into a female, um, um, physical practice. And then the meditation thing started to float away as it got more and more commercial. The, med the meditation aspect of it, the inner aspect of it, started to float away and it became just more, so much more than, you know, just a physical practice, just something to make you stronger. Right. More like a sport. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. I know in the 70s, um, regular people, not just movie stars, got mm -hmm. very familiar with yoga from Lilith Folan right. and her practices on PBS. PBS. Right. Everybody yeah. had mm -hmm. public broadcasting, mm -hmm. and you wake up early in the morning and see Lilith there in her leotard, yeah. <laughs> doing stretching her yoga. and doing her yoga. And I know that personally, that's how I mm -hmm. knew of yoga from a young age, like five or six years old, I watching did too. that. I did too. And thinking, yeah. oh, I can do this. I can mm -hmm. lean to the left and lean <laughs> to the right. And then there was her soothing voice yes. also. Mm -hmm. um, and through the 80s, we had the Baptiste family. Um, Baron Baptiste's parents were both yoga teachers. Mm -hmm. He's a yoga teacher, so you had that come into during that time. Mm -hmm. And then it became, um, you know, you had our anger, and then um, then it just became more and more common and mainstream. But still, I guess I guess what I'm getting to with all of this is that why is it at this time? Why is yoga at this time? Uh, a female-dominated participation. In my opinion, it's marketing, and that in the late '90s, 2000s, came along leggings, Lululemon, and every yoga mat could be in pink and yellow and pretty little flowers, and and there kind of was a softening down of the physical practices then because um, maybe then more more thought was going into what you might call the woo-woo practices, you know, right. and just um, the positivity of yoga and making yourself feel good with it, um, which might may or may not be a good thing mm -hmm. altogether if you're not reaching both ends of the spectrum, but really marketed towards women. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and, you know, the gym, the gym mentality, and please, I'm not offending anybody who goes to the gym. I go to the gym as well, but is more masculine, and yoga seems to be far more feminine. In this in this day, you know, um, like like Penny said, the Lululemon, yo you know, yoga pants and all that kind of stuff, incense burning, and I think it in, it intimidates people. You know, it intimidates people to come into intimidates the, men. Yeah, intimidates <laughs> men. Yes, it intimidates. Men. Because intimidates we could sit here and come up with a list of reasons why we think men don't come to practice, mm -hmm. and it could be everything from that woo woo side of chanting mm -hmm. and. Um, or just feeling awkward in a room of women. But women might not like that part, too, or the right. spirituality as mm -hmm. well. But they could feel awkward in the room full of women. Mm -hmm. They might not have a dude, pal, or a friend to come with them. Right. Um, they might really want to come, but they're afraid they'll be looked at as the creeper mm -hmm. in the back of the room. Right. I've heard that from some men, that you know, if, they, if they come Good to point. you know, a yoga studio or yoga class, you know, when it's going to be 95% women, they don't want other women to go, oh, this is this weird guy's over here, you know, looking at everybody. Checking me out you know, and down dog. Out, you know? yeah. I mean, and like we've said before, nobody's looking at anybody. <laughs> nobody's <laughs> nobody's looking, at anybody. looking at anybody. We're all so worried about ourselves. We're all so worried about ourselves. We had our little, you know, blinders on and things like that. But, um, yeah, good point. Yeah. So asana. So you were talking about asana, physical practice. Uh -huh. So what were the basic poses? I know we have, what, a thousand poses now. How many were there to start with? Uh, okay. Um... Some some believe that there were eighty four thousand <laughs> poses. 
And of those 84,000, there were 8,400 that were important. And of those 8,400, 8,400, or 840, then 84. Bottom line, there's, I, I think they believe, they're said that there's four, the mo most four most important poses, and they're all seated poses. Mm -hmm. um, locus, um, Padmasana, um, they're all seated poses mm -hmm. because it goes back down to what yoga is about, is the meditation, is the inner practice. Right. Yeah. It's just warming our physical body up to sit. Sit, exactly. Mm -hmm. Learning how to yeah. sit. So having an asana practice, I mean, I think, you know, at my age of 65, I don't think I know that I am in probably in the best physical shape I've ever been. So to get people, yes, the, when you come to yoga for the first time, it's awkward, it's weird, it's mm -hmm. strange, you're playing Twister, you're looking around, <laughs> and it's like, what is, are these people doing? Especially if you got, you know, um, someone next to you that's much more limber or much more experienced, and then we, un we start to feel intimidated, which was not the, your neighbor's intention, but it's just the way the human brain works. But we, we come to our mat, and I, again, I, this is the best physical shape I've been in because of my practice. So what are some of the things that we can tell our listeners, why, why should you start yoga? Why should you come to yoga? And I'm not telling you guys to stop the gym. There was a gentleman last night, he said, I'm a runner. Oh, great compliment for running. Mm -hmm. So we're not telling anybody, don't, don't, don't stop what you're doing, running, biking, going to the gym, lifting legs. Yoga is just a very nice compliment to your body, to everything else that you're doing. So what could we share with them that would help them understand that? You mean things like lowering your stress level? Sure, and exactly. Let's get, let's get into the... Relieving the, anxiety? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, lowering your stress level. <laughs> Relieving <laughs> anxiety. <laughs> there you go. All right, we're done. <laughs> that's that's why I come to yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Lower my stress level. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, just, you know, the breathing. I mean, if, you know, we breathe, I don't know, I, I knew the number, you know, for a while I was big in the breath, you know, how many times a day they say we, we breathe. Um, and... 24,000? Is it 24,000? It's, it's some kind, it's a yeah, big number. I think it's 24,000. But the only time we pay attention, or at least I know the only time I pay attention, is either when I'm anxious, you know, stressed out, or I can't breathe, or you know, something physical has happened, or when I'm on my yoga mat. And I, I've told my students before, you know, really pay attention to your breath. Allow this time so that you can lower your blood pressure, you can reduce your stress, you can try to calm your mind, even just a little bit on your mat for 60 minutes. It does wonders. It just does wonders. Okay, well then that, that takes me to another question. What is all this ujjayi breath and why is my teacher always reminding me to breathe in and out through the nose and make that Darth Vader sound at the back of my throat? Why do I have to breathe when I'm doing my asana practice, my physical practice? Well, your body needs oxygen to perform. Oh, I see. And it's through that oxygenation process mm -hmm. that we get from moving our bodies and mm -hmm. maybe increasing our heart rate mm -hmm. some. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say yoga is a cardio exercise, but mm -hmm. it's through that oxygenation process that we're actually detoxing because we mm -hmm. detox on the cellular level. Right. It's not because you're twisting. You're not really wringing your liver mm -hmm. out and then all those little detoxation things are happening into your... No, that's not happening. Mm -hmm. It's happening through your... Your, your breath, breath mm -hmm. right through your oxygenation through right. your oxygen system mm -hmm. so it's just cleaning you mm -hmm. okay and we breathe our, <laughs> our daily breath our daily breath is very shallow you know we learn this in um in teacher training and anatomy classes we breathe with like the top third of our lungs so when we come to a yoga practice and we you know we teachers tell you to breathe deep and you know slow and easy People actually don't know how to do mm -hmm. that. They don't know how to expand their whole belly when they take an inhale. They go, they take a really short breath. I'm like, no, inhale all the way. Mm -hmm. And it's very awkward. We talk about yoga being awkward all the time. And, you know, it, breathe in. Take it in. Detox yourself on that exhale. Let, let the stresses out. Let, the, let the, all the emotions and things that are building up in there just kind of flow through. And, right. you know, like you said, at the cellular level, it starts way down there. And it's very healing. Very healing. If you ever watched a baby sleep or a baby breathe, and babies, babies have child's pose down. Oh yeah, perfectly. <laughs> and shavasana. And shavasana, they've got it. But if you watch a baby breathe, they breathe with their whole body. They're, when they inhale, the whole body lifts. Mm -hmm. When they exhale, the whole body. Animals are the same way. 
and we as the older we get we breathe shorter and shorter mm-hmm. and shorter yeah we do have more stress in our lives of course we do but then we forget to breathe and then we forget that that's a good way to handle our stress so that's why it's so important that the the asana the physical practice of yoga and the ujjayi breath the breath work they have to go hand in right. hand so what is ujjayi breath now that you've said it a couple ujjayi times. breath in in english it means victorious breath um, it is an intentional, mindful, consistent breathing that we do throughout our practice. Um, it is, it's done in and out through the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for beginners, what we'd like to tell them is just part your lips a little bit and then just kind of make an unfogging sound at the back of your throat. And then make a fogging sound at the back of the throat. And then after you get comfortable with that, gently close the lips but you're doing the same thing in and out through the nose, but you're still doing that unfogging on the inhale sound, fogging on the exhale sound. So that's is ujjayi breath. And sometimes, again, for new people, that whole um, vibration at the back of the throat is way too much for them to handle. And we tell them that's okay. Mm-hmm. Just do your best, but do your best to breathe in and out through the nose. Why would we breathe in and out through our nose instead of our mouth? Uh, well, from what I was taught way back when, it um, some of the reasons are, first of all, our nose hairs act as a filtering system. So if we breathe in and out through the mouth, you're breathing in the, 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 the pollution of the world. And the other thing is it it's warms your breath, which helps relax you, which helps relax the muscles. Um, I had a dentist tell me that breathing in and out through the mouth is very bad for your dental health. So there, that's some of the reasons. Right. I had a, this, I know we're talking about the breath now, but I had a student once in one of my classes, she, of course, brand new. <clears throat> she had what is called reverse breathing. Oh. And I've only seen it in one of our students. But when she inhaled, her body actually made the exhale motion. Like, so when she inhaled, her lungs, de- not deflated, but descended more. Oh. And when she exhaled, she kind of lifted up, filled up. It was it was the strangest thing. So it was a lot of work for her mm-hmm. just doing the breath practice. And then you can imagine throwing in, put your foot here and stand right. yeah. here. Interesting. Um, so yeah, wow. reverse breathing. We have this breath practice and it really does touch, tune us in. Our partner in crime, right? For our whole life, it's the only thing that we have our whole life that's yes, so is. consistent, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, it really just helps us get in touch with our bodies. The the breath is, I believe, if I'm remembering my anatomy correctly, the breath is the only thing in the human body that is voluntary and involuntary. Mm-hmm. So everything else, heart, liver, digestive, all that is more or less involuntary. Thank goodness it happens. Mm-hmm. But with our breath, we can manipulate it mm-hmm. in a good way. And when we learn to manipulate it in a good way, again, we're bringing more energy. And we call it, in yoga, we call it prana, which means a life force. In Chinese, they call it chi. In, in different cultures, they call it different things. But when you're doing that intentional breathing, you're bringing that energy into your body. other benefits of asana the physical practice of yoga um well i mentioned body awareness earlier you know just become aware of how your body moves well flexibility flexibility i mean you know my first yoga class forward fold and my fingertips could grip a foot from the floor so flexibility strength i'm gonna hit back go back to flexibility how many times do you hear oh i can't go to yoga i'm not flexible Right. right Okay. You come to yoga to get flexible. Mm-hmm. Right. Give it a try. Um, stamina, the standing poses mm-hmm. will give you, I mean, yoga has been in the medical field. Yoga has said to increase bone density. Mm-hmm. So when we're doing these standing poses, that's when we're increasing that bone density. And even bodies. in table or sure. chaturanga because it's that body weight sure. that's Use helping the bones right. um, become be under really good stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, balance. Oh, mm-hmm. balance. balance, 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 balance. So important as you get older because yes. we lose it as we get older. We do, we do. So yoga is great to practice. We, yeah. But but there's different kinds of balancing poses. There's 
upside down inversion balancing poses. Those are fun. There's there's like tree pose balancing poses. Standing on one foot. Mm -hmm. Standing on one mm -hmm. foot. But then hey, a warrior two mm -hmm. for some people is a balancing pose. Mm -hmm. Oh, and now I'm just thinking deeper. Shouldn't it be a balancing pose? Mm -hmm. Because shouldn't you have equal weight in both feet? So yes. be balanced, almost like the scales. Mm -hmm. There you go. Look at us. Look at brain us. power. <laughs> We're scary sometimes. Yeah. Balancing's good. I, I want to say with flexibility, though, I really want to throw out strength because I think it's important to have um, some mindfulness about building a little bit of strength in your practice so that your muscles aren't just willy-nilly flexible, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but that you're really working on yeah being stronger yeah. and keeping that strength in your body as you age. Yeah. Right. Being conscious of the way that you move, you know, the way you place your feet, the way you extend your arms, you know, that's the strength comes in. If you're, mm -hmm. you know, just holding your arms out, you just don't want them just hanging Wet around. Noodles. You, want them, you know, you want them extended. I remember in teacher training, Teresa used to come by and say, put her arms on us when they were extended more year two ago. Well, if I can't stand on these arms when they're extended. <laughs> I remember that. And I know this is a podcast, but you can't see this. But if I were to flex my muscles here, I've got some guns you happening. you got some guns, Lee. i got some guns. Got guns. And this is just from my chaturangas, my my lowering <laughs> down of my push-ups, that mm. little bit of ego there. And it's all, you know what, that's too, it's okay to have, to be proud of, of the work that you're doing for mm -hmm. your body. Yeah. I mean, in yoga, we talk a lot about, oh, you know, you can't have an ego. But there's a good ego. There's a bad, there's a, a bad ego and there's a good ego. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to look in the mirror and say, hey, I'm proud of myself. Mm -hmm. Or after a class in Shavasana to say to yourself, I am proud of myself. Mm -hmm. I am proud of my body. Yeah. A lot of students will say, you know, if you're doing like a, a tree pose and they can actually stay in it for the whole amount of time that we, you know, that we deem for that particular class. They're like, I'm so proud that I actually stood in the tree. I didn't fall out, you know, for the 60 seconds for both sides. And it was just like building it up, yeah. you know, building it up. And again, the older we get, the more we really need to keep that balance. I always say, you know, I want to be able to pull myself out of the chair when I get older. I don't, don't want, want to use one of the little I don't want to use the little push, lift chairs little or, you know, I have, chairs. A little, I have a little thing or whatever. No, I really don't. I mean, I really want, you know, I really don't. <laughs> and I, I'm going to, I think that um, part of the reason our practice is different than lifting weights or running on a treadmill is the fact that we're doing something a little bit different every time. Sure, the yes. poses are very similar, yes. but we're building those brain connections, that neuroplasticity, that... Again, I just keep coming back to aging. I feel like we're mm -hmm. gonna age better because of our yoga practice. I agree. We're keeping that brain plasticity happening and offering new things and new challenges. Mm -hmm. How many of us go through our week and I drive the same route to work, have the same one cup of coffee, turn the computer on, the same people interact with me daily, I do the same job and then I go home. But I get this hour of yoga that, wow, I get a little bit of flavor and spice and, mm -hmm. and maybe Maybe I don't know what's coming up next. I have I love it when my students say, "Ooh, you mixed it up on us there," <laughs> or when they think you know right. they start putting their foot up in something, and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> you know, check in with your surroundings, right. listen, and mm -hmm. let's do something a little bit different this time. So I think it's it's really good in that regard for healthy aging. I agree. And uh, and again, the studies have shown that yoga, you know, yoga, meditation, breath work all will help with healthy aging. Mm -hmm. This isn't stuff that we're making up, people. No. Nope. This isn't, you know, yoga woo-woo stuff that we've just decided to put out there. It's legitimate. It's been researched. It it helps you. Mm -hmm. You just, but you have to do the work. Just, again, just like with the meditation that we talked about, you can't come once every, you can't even come once a month for yoga practice. No. You're riding a bike, you know, you ride a bike, you, you learn a musical instrument, it's the same thing with your physical practice, with your asana. To get the more benefits of it, you need to come more often. And people will often ask me that. I'm sure they ask you that too. How many times should I do this? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know your life. I don't know your schedule. I don't know what you have going on. But if you can fit in a couple times a week here at the studio, that would be great. If you can do a pose a day at home, do a down dog for mm -hmm. a couple breaths. At your kitchen sink, doing the dishes, come into tree pose while you're doing dishes. I mean, there's there's different ways we can practice those asanas at home. Do a pose the day at home. Mm -hmm. What about hatha yoga? What is that? What is that? Teresa, Why are you pronouncing yoga? it like that? I thought it was hatha yoga. Hatha. Hatha yoga. Hatha, hatha yoga is kind of the American way. Hatha 
is more of a Sanskrit way. And I'm, trust me, I'm not a Sanskrit scholar. So I, I'm always tickled when I open up um, like the rec center flyer. And again, I'm not ripping on anybody or I'll, I'll, I'll see a description of a class that's held somewhere. And it says, yeah, we're holding a, a Hatha Yoga class here. Hatha, Hatha Yoga is the umbrella name for all of the physical practice of yoga. So when you say Hatha Yoga, that just means it's the physical practice of yoga. So like the different styles of yoga? Are under that about? umbrella. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So what, what are some of the different styles? Like a yin yoga class. Okay. Yin is more... Uh, low and slow. It's more about connective tissue. It's it's you know everything's you know on your back or seated. There's not a lot of standing poses. No, okay. Very few standing poses. And the poses are held longer. Yeah, it holds longer periods of time. You have a you know chance to kind of let your body sink into them, surrender a little bit. Um, restorative. Restorative, restorative yoga. yoga. So also low and slow, but lower and slower. Lower and, <laughs> and slower. <laughs> so I think of yin as being a little bit more stressful for your, whether good it's your stress. joints. Yeah, yeah good, good stress, stress for your muscles, your joints, mm -hmm. your ligaments. And with restorative, it's all about relaxing. I think it's uh, one step away from being a slumber party. <laughs> we can lay on, lay on the bolsters, the props, the, mm -hmm. the floor, and uh, really work at sinking in and, and really releasing, letting go a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, no efforting other no, than to no. relax. Okay. Yeah, yin has more effort. It's it's you want to get yourself into the pose and let your body go to its edge, you know, a little bit. One of the side effects of especially restorative yoga class is falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and just know if that happens here, we're okay with that. Mm -hmm. But if you start snoring, you will get a little bit of a nudge. <laughs> just 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 to wake up a little bit. So Yin, restorative, those are kind of, and then yoga nidra. Tell and, yo me about. and yoga nidra is kind of in that same bucket, but it's, um, you can be seated, you can be laying down, just very comfortable, usually with the eyes closed, and it's a guided um, meditation through the body, through the different layers of the body to help you mm -hmm. really connect with, you can do some heavy, almost psychoanalytical work, mm -hmm. um, connection with, you know, what what you're really working on, what, what you're really hoping for in life, and then do some some processing that way mm -hmm. but it does take practice not everybody can lay still for that long right and yeah. still say yeah. conscience yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Just, I just raised my hand <laughs> guilty yeah. now we we have on our flyers here at santosha we have slow flow and vinyasa right. and a lot of times beginners will say oh slow flow i yeah. can be slow so mm -hmm. what what are those two okay uh, uh, we'll be have been open 10 years in hindsight i should have not named it slow flow but it's too late now to undo slow flow um, vinyasa is a more, it's a more challenging practice. Um, it's, it's kind of like one breath, one movement. You're, you're moving with each, each pose has an inhale or each part of the, the flow has an inhale, exhale. So you're moving much quicker. You may be holding the poses longer, you know, the standing poses longer. So it helps because it's moving faster. It helps to know what the poses are already. Correct. Yeah. It, we, we ask that you have a little bit of experience with that. Slow flow is, and again, you go to different state, different region, different county, they're going to name something different. I've seen where they named it all after coffee drinks, like a high caffeine, you know, decaf flow, which, oh, it's cute. <laughs> oh, I love it. It was cute. <laughs> but it, everything's going to name it a little bit different in that. Like vinyasa, they may call it power yoga, and that's okay. Uh, slow flow here is kind of the middle of the road. It's not too, it's like in, it's like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It's not too soft, but it's not too hard. It's just right. Um, we have chair yoga. So when you say, I can't do yoga, I can't get up and down off the floor, we got a yoga for that. Mm -hmm. um, coincidentally, I had to, last week I subbed for Amanda, who is amazing, and I subbed her chair yoga class. Oh my gosh, it is so much fun. It is so much fun. And trust me, just because you're sitting in a chair, it's a workout. It's mm -hmm. a workout. Mm -hmm. I was sweating. <laughs> they were sweating. Um, so, yoga comes in all different flavors. Mm -hmm. There's something for everybody. So, when someone says, I can't do it, yes, are there exceptions? Of course, there are there exceptions to everything. But mm -hmm. have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? And I'd like to just give a little testament to the amazing teachers that we have at Santosha. I think all of our teachers have been teaching for a handful of years, if not more. Quite a while. Mm -hmm. um, 
if a beginner or somebody were to find themselves in a class like a vinyasa and they were a beginner, I fully believe that our teachers would help and support them through that. Mm -hmm. That our teachers are so qualified and knowledgeable that they can modify a class to have all sorts of levels in their classes. Not that I would ask a beginner to go to a hot yoga class Mm -hmm. or a vinyasa class, but if they were to find themselves there, mm-hmm. our teachers can really support them yeah. through that. Yeah, we're committed to you know not only they're enjoying their practice, but to their safety. You right. know, we're really we're really committed to their safety in their asana practice. We want to make sure you know you're not going to you know do something you know if we see someone who is you know struggling, we're going to definitely like Penny said modify. We're going to encourage them to change it up a little bit and you know help them out so they don't you know and in a in a really a subtle way so we're not calling them out and like hey you you know you're not doing this right or whatever right, no, we're going to just kind of gently guide them you know? we, we, we are we're blessed I mean if we had to add up all the years I should do that I will do that I'm going to add up all the years of experience of all of our yoga teachers mm-hmm. have I have teachers that have been here since day one mm-hmm. and again we've been open 10 years yeah. you guys have been here nine years eight years eight years, eight years. so that's 18 years right there my 10 years that's 28 years of experience mm-hmm. right there um, I was ble- at the time I didn't see it as a blessing but when I first started teaching yoga I taught it um, through a dance studio and the, the woman that was running the program she was all about just getting numbers in there just getting numbers in there so I would have people in the class that were experienced I would have people in the class that were just you know, their first time on a yoga mat. So because of that, I taught myself how to teach a mixed level class. Mm-hmm. And again, at the time I was upset about it, but now I see it as a blessing. Mm-hmm. So, and then I, all the teachers here do it also, but we can take, I can take a vinyasa class and I can give you option A, B, and C. So you don't feel like if you're new or you're not having a good day, you don't feel like you're being left out or it's too hard for you. Here's option A, here's option B, option C. Mm-hmm. And I, all of our teachers do that here. We mm-hmm. offer modifications. We use props here, which I know a lot of studios frown upon, mm-hmm. which I think is ridiculous. But we use blocks, we use straps, we use blankets, we use props. And even as an, you know, an experienced yogi, you know, I mean, I, I will, you know, depending, like you said about the day, I've been known to take, you know, option C, just because I don't feel like. I have I have it in me to do you know the more advanced you know pose or whatever it is for the day I, and I it took me a long time to get there because at first I was like well no I must always do you know the the hardest thing and now I'm like I have to do what's right for mm-hmm. me you know and I think when we we continue our asana practice when we're consistent with it we start to learn that about our bodies we start to learn that you know it's okay to take option C or B as opposed to A. You know, it's again that body awareness, that mind awareness. We're taking the time. We're here. What do I need today? You know, some days, you know, I want to just kick my own butt. And some days I just want to be in child's pose for 60 minutes. <laughs> it's important to remember Shavasana is a pose also. <laughs> yes. I had a student last week came to me before class and he said, you know what? I'm off today. I'm probably, I, did you, you know, hurt yourself? Or whatever? No, no, no. He goes, I'm just off. He goes, I'm going to probably be in child's pose most of the class. I went, okay. Yeah. And that's exactly where he was. Yeah. And every once in a while, I said, hey, you doing okay? Goes, I'm good, I'm good. But I was excited that he respected his body yeah. and that he was comfortable enough to tell me that mm-hmm. he was having an off day. So. I, have a, I have a confession. Uh-oh. When turn, I, the, turn it off. <laughs> when I first started teaching, um, and I had a variety of different classes that I was teaching, I would spend a lot of time making this slow flow class and spend a lot of time focusing on this beginner's class. In the last few years, I got one class I'm teaching this week, and if it's a beginner's, I'm going <laughs> to wind it down, mm-hmm. and if it's a flow class, I'm going to wind it up, mm-hmm. and if it's going to be a yin, well, I'm going to stick some yin poses mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. but um, it's all yoga to yes. me anymore. Oh, yes. Are you guys finding that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I've done that for years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have too, I have too. I just, yeah, you know, you, you know, we do what works. You know, and we, we do what works, we do what works, you know, for students. And, you know, we learn as a, as a teacher, you can come in and kind of read the room and, you know, adjust your asana practice for mm-hmm. the energy that you've got mm-hmm. going on in there. Because sometimes you'll come in a room and these people are ready to go. I mean, you can tell by the chatter, you can tell by the energy, and you're like, okay, I guess we're ramping it up. 
And then sometimes you come in and everybody's in child's pose or laying in Shavasana for five minutes before class starts. You're like, oh, it's one of those. <laughs> I teach vinyasa. I teach mixed level. I teach slow flow. I teach basic. Mm -hmm. So what I've started to do is I do a vinyasa flow. I do a basic flow. And during the course of the week, I weave and intermingle mm -hmm. and switch and mm -hmm. add and subtract. Mm -hmm. And it seems to work out yeah. fine. Yeah. Switching gears, where do you think injuries come from, from when people are practicing? Where do you think the injuries come from? I think, well, injuries come from a couple of different okay. things. Okay. Overdoing it. Okay. So you, on the student's part. On the student's part, um, your body gives you signals of pain. <laughs> yes, it does. But a lot of times... Um, they're either pushing through or they don't know what their body's capable of or they feel like they need to do it because everybody else is doing it in the room. So I think it's important for instructors to watch their students to know and you know maybe not just watching is the knee in the right place or alignment because everybody's alignment's a little bit different but watching the little grimace on the face mm -hmm. or the clenching of the eyes yeah, and knowing that maybe that. we need to back mm -hmm. it off a little yeah. bit here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I was just going to say that you know, your body may be saying one thing, but your face will very often express exactly what's going on. And your breath does. And your breath. Right. If they're holding their breath, if they're in a pose and, you know, you can just hear it, you, it, we know it's time. You know, we know it's time. Right. You know? So that's one place. Yeah. Yeah. Overdoing it. Yeah. On both the student's part and the teacher mm -hmm. offering too much before mm -hmm. or not warming up. Well, I'm all over the place now, so we might want to redo that. But where do injuries come from, Teresa? No, I, Penny, I agree with you. Um, the ego, I think the ego gets involved mm -hmm. or just, you know, trying to keep up with the class. But it's, I, you you know, I again, I, I give many options. For example, chaturanga. Chaturanga is the lower, you're in a push-up, you're doing a sun salutation, you're in a push-up, and you're lowering down to the bottom of the push-up, either halfway or all the way. And then you um, straighten the arms, you lift the chest, and you're an up dog. So that's part of the sun salutation. So what I often see are students struggling to lower down with control from the bottom, from the top of the push-up, even though I tell them and I show them lower the knees, uh, come all the way down. And then I'm watching their shoulders lift up. I'm watching the shoulder blades come together. The elbows are way too high past the rib cage. And it's, I see this happen, and it's like, but I gave you guys options. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't, I think it's part of it is they think their body, they're not aware of their body, they're not mm -hmm. in, in tune with their body quite yet as the, where they should be. Or a lot of times, because this isn't teacher training, I'll, I'll, I'll have the students come to me and say, well, you know, why didn't you correct Sally in that pose? And it's like, well, because Sally thought for her body, Sally was doing that warrior two. This is what Sally's warrior two looks like. So I, a lot of it just comes from awareness of the body. Mm -hmm. And overuse, just repetitive overuse of doing the wrong thing over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Even though, again, here we try to avoid that. There's also some overuse of doing the same thing over and over and over the right way mm -hmm. and Correct. never just and over not mixing it up. Mm -hmm. So being aware of how you are using your body and, and mixing it up so that you can build no, true that. Some that is, strength in different ways. You know, talking about the chaturanga, I, I see that all the time because as a beginner, there's not always, there's not enough strength to lower down mm -hmm. under control. So are you offering other ways in your class for them to gain that strength that might not be in plank pose? Right. Uh, well, Okay, let me throw a couple options at you here. You can start in plank and then immediately drop the knees down and then lower the thighs, the hips, the rib cage, the chest. And then you can, what's called baby cobra cobra, your pelvic is still, your hips and your pelvis are still on the floor. Your elbows are still bent, hands are still next to the chest, but you're just lifting that heart up a little bit. So that's cobra or baby cobra. And then you come into table to come back to down dog pose. 
another one that I like, I use it a lot in my beginner's class, is we will come back and instead of plank, we'll come to tabletop pose. Mm -hmm. And tabletop pose will come into child's pose. Come back into tabletop pose, come back to down dog pose. Those are, so those are just, um, or taking, instead of doing you know an up dog, down dog thing, you can stay in table in the middle and do cat cow pose. Or from table, you can come up to standing on your dog. These are all floating in my right. head. You can just hang out and plank right. because mm -hmm. you're building the strength Correct. there. Mm -hmm. Or coming into camel, like when the rest of the group is an up dog, you can come onto your knees, support your lower back with your hands, and come into um, utrasana, camel pose. So there's lots of options out there. And we as teachers, it's our responsibility to let them know that there are options. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times I'll, I'll come and I'll, I'll suggest something to someone and they'll go, oh, well, that feels better. And it's like, oh, yes, that's what I want to hear. But unless we, we're teachers, and I know there's lots of teachers, and actually, I'm not sorry for this one. There's lots of teachers that practice with their students. So they're at the front of the room, their back is to their students, mm -hmm. and they're doing the entire flow as they're cueing it. And first of all, as the teacher, how can you breathe as you're talking? And how can I how can I watch my students to make sure that they're safe if I'm doing the flow at the front of the room with my back towards you? And I I, I truly think that's wrong. When I took my teacher training, my teacher told me, and I taught you guys the same thing, mm -hmm. don't put a mat down. Mm -hmm. Because when you put a mat down, you're stuck. Right. And I walk all around the room, and I know you guys do too. Mm -hmm. And I love it when the, the new students will come in and they'll hide in the back, and I'm like, oh, we walk around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will, we'll be checking on you to make sure you're okay, you know. But we, we do it because we want to make sure you're safe. Right. And we want them to enjoy we want their you experience. To help. We want you to come back. Yeah. Not yeah. only to pay my rent, but I want you to come back because I want you to be healthy. Yeah. I don't, I don't want you to be having to use a lift chair with a button to lift your butt out. So, so with that, are there, um, are there poses that you, are there asanas that you don't teach any longer? I know that's kind of a broad stroke, mm -hmm. and I'm catching you guys off guard with that. It depends what class. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I teach the vinyasa classes, hopefully they're much more experienced students. Mm -hmm. But again, even that. Even then, if you have a bad day, you just don't know what's going to happen. I, I worked in a studio um, that didn't allow us to teach shoulder stand. And there was something else. But they didn't allow us to teach shoulder stand because they felt like it was an unnecessary evil, I mm -hmm. guess. And it is a difficult pose be. that can set sure. you up for some yeah. some severe neck problems, neck and shoulder problems. Yeah. So I'm off the hook here <laughs> at Santosha <laughs> teaching the basic beginners because I wouldn't normally teach a uh, shoulder stand in that class anyway. Mm -hmm. Maybe something up against the wall. Um, but it that's something that I, I don't teach anymore. I don't teach the shoulder stand anymore. It depends on my class. because Again, because I, I teach a big spectrum of, of the different classes. Mm -hmm. If it's a vinyasa class and I, I look at my, my students and I go, I know they're okay, I'll do it. If I know they, but then I'll give them options. I'll mm -hmm. say just do candlestick, just lay down mm -hmm. and bring your legs up. And if someone's attempting shoulder stand, I'll come up to them and I'll say, you know what? And I see them struggling. I'll say, ah, maybe that's not for you today. Mm -hmm. But um, recently I was doing my whole class. The whole thing was, was around back bends. We were doing little back bends and we were building, building, building. And my intention and my flow was to eventually come into upward bow pose or danyarasana. And... Then I looked around the room and I said, and we were going to do it up against the wall with blocks, which helps. And I looked around the room and I said, yeah, that's not happening today. Mm -hmm. So we ended up doing just supported bridge. We did a block underneath the hips. So will I? Yes. Um, but it, I really do scope out the class. So there's nothing you've just thrown out? Um, I'll do, I'll, we'll play with handstand against the wall. Mm -hmm. I will admit that we haven't done headstand in a while mm -hmm. and the reason we did that is because I hurt my shoulder zip lining with my grandson <laughs> <laughs> zip lining mm. and I needed that to heal mm -hmm. before I, I can't 
if my opinion is if you can't do the pose yourself you should not teach the pose and I know a lot of teachers disagree with that mm -hmm. but it's like how can I feel what Cindy and Penny are experiencing if I've never experienced it myself so that's why I have not taught headstanding a while because I was waiting for my shoulder to heal so how about you Cindy um I no again like Teresa said it depends on the class you know I mean I teach everything from yin to hot yoga so you know it's everybody's you know doing it I don't other than no I you know I don't do a lot of shoulder stand anymore I mean I've watched a lot of people and it just makes me cringe a lot of times yeah. the way the mm -hmm. neck and the shoulders and they just can't get their elbows in the right position. So I don't, I don't do a lot of shoulder stand in my classes anymore. Most of the time it's, um, it's candlestick or stairway to heaven. Yeah, I, I just lot. really don't. And there are some people who are more advanced and they'll just pop right into a headstand if I say oh, we're going to come into a gentle inversion. And I know those students, mm -hmm. so I know that they're safe in their inversions and, and I'm okay. But other than that, yeah, shoulder stand, I really don't. Because I don't practice it myself anymore because I've had so much neck issues. And I thought, you know what? It's, it doesn't need to be in there. There's other, there's other options. And, and that's the point. Yeah, there's other options. Cindy brought up an excellent point. Yeah. There's so many different other options for, for the poses. Legs up the wall. Fantastic inversion. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. Leave me there We'll forever. be doing that tonight in my yin class. <laughs> Legs up the wall. So favorite, um, favorite? asanas for you teachers I love triangle pose okay I love half moon pose um, shavasana <laughs> I love it well Cindy took my two. Oh, um, I'm sorry we can share them um, uh, triangle and half moon I just I think they're liberating mm -hmm. because you're you're both of them you're pulling from the center in a sense, you're pulling from that energy core in the center, and you're stretching out into all the limbs. And it just, to me, they're just very, they're um, refreshing. I do love headstand too. I love headstand. You have a good headstand. Yeah, have a nice headstand. I have a nice headstand. Yeah. Do. Once I once it took me a year to get it, but once I got it, I was like, oh, this, and that's a very liberating pose for me. Mm -hmm. The fact that I can just draw myself up into a headstand. Yeah. I used to have a strong headstand pose. Yeah. A very strong one. Um, and then I, I fell in class once I had a ring on and it <gasps> jabbed me wrong Ouch. and I fell in class and then it freaked me out and then yeah. I stopped doing it and mm -hmm. that is one you have to do often yeah. I love side angle yeah oh I okay. love side angle pose there's so much going on in that pose it's a mm -hmm. twist it's a side bend it's a lunge it's yeah. a, oh it's just yeah. yummy it's my favorite crescent is another one of my favorite yeah. poses so it's you, you take your warrior one but that you you take that back foot and you mm -hmm. spin it up so you're on heart, the ball mound heart open yeah and the heel the heel mm -hmm. somewhat is on top of the mm -hmm. toes somewhat but I just like that one too because mm -hmm. I feel like I'm pulling from everything to make that be created yeah um, you had said you were talking about the poses that we you, you don't do anymore mm -hmm. and I got, I, I'm into the point of my personal practice that I always said, okay, I have to master headstand. Mm -hmm. I mastered headstand. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get um, handstand before I'm 60. Well, I'm 65. I still don't have handstand. <laughs> Maybe against the wall for a little bit. And they let you own a studio? I know. <laughs> I know. I should be just, you know, taken out of the, uh, the yoga world here. But the point is, it's like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I... I am good not being able to do handstand without the wall. I'm not. I I cannot put my leg behind my head. Yeah. Does that make me a poor yoga studio? Actually, it makes me the opposite. It makes me a very conscientious yoga studio student because I'm honoring my body. And we tell our students that all the time mm -hmm. on your body. Yeah, we don't want to see them struggle in their asana practice. No. We really don't. <clears throat> you know, I mean, you can try things that are new just to see what works for you, but. Don't struggle. Mm -hmm. Don't struggle, and be very comfortable, like yeah. like Teresa. Be like Teresa. Be like I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to do that anymore. That's right. Well, how do we tell the difference, real real quick? How do you tell a student the difference of what sensation they're supposed to be experiencing in a pose? Between pain sensation, opening. Some people don't know the difference between pain and sensation. Mm -hmm. I think heat and radiance mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. comes yeah. with pain more than an opening is okay. more an expansion yeah. and stretching. Yeah. Stretching, it's a 
umbrella word also, yeah. but heat and pain come to mind with. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. The heat. Together, yeah. You know, you start, um, someone, I don't know if it was an article or a podcast or a book or something that I read, but he said pain would be more like you, you can, like, if you're a color person, like the color red would kind of show mm-hmm. up to you and the heat. Yeah, but heat and like if it's moving through you, and I would say, okay, that's that's enough. And if you're grinding your teeth, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you're again, your holding face, your breath, holding your breath, yeah. going back to that yeah. too, Gr- okay. grimacing, grimacing. All right. <laughs> yeah, be friendly to your body. Come yeah. out. Yeah. Be like Teresa. Be like <laughs> Teresa. I'm good. <laughs> that's gonna be our new. That's gonna be your new thing. Be like Teresa. I'm good. Okay. There's gonna be t-shirts. <laughs> No, there Merry will not. Merry Christmas. <laughs> there will yes, not be there will. <laughs> we'll picture, Teresa. Teresa, I'm good. <laughs> we well, love you. I we know, and love I, my, I love my logical family. I love you guys, too. We love too. you, too. We love you, too. So as we wrap this up, I'm hoping that people will, you know, either email us or um, Absolutely. they can respond on the podcast as well mm-hmm. give us questions if they've got yeah. awesomeness that they've got yeah that they've got questions about yeah. please let us know and at any time that they're in the studio they can stop and talk to mm-hmm. any of the instructors yep. and say hey i've got this going on we can go into a separate room and we can check you out yeah yeah we, we we're here for you we're here for you and because of you we Teresa will says. Yeah, we will stay after class to mm-hmm. help you um yes. and if anyone has any ideas of how to get the men in their lives more interested <laughs> In yeah. yoga, I, I'm we're open. Yeah, let me know that. No free beer. That's not no going to happen. Beer, no. no, no free beer. No beer yoga. No puppy yoga. Uh, I, I even no. talked to the men in my life and asked them if it was just a men only class, mm-hmm. would they be more likely to come? And mm-hmm. the answer was no. Interesting. That hmm. surprises me. This is me. a small sampling of the male species. Mm-hmm. This is only four of them, but. I'm going to start asking the men that I know. I'm going to start asking the guys in my class, yeah. would they come? Yeah. And they said no, not necessarily. Okay. Hey, it, it only took me, what, 18 years to get my husband to start practicing yoga, so there's, <laughs> there's, there's hope for the rest of I've the only men. got 10 more years yeah. to go. <laughs> Coming October 3rd will be Santosha Yoga's 10th anniversary. Yay! Yay! I cannot believe it. I'm blessed and I'm I'm just over the moon excited. And to help celebrate because without the students, without you, of course, we would not be here. So starting October 29th, we're going to have... September 29th. Thank you, ma'am. Starting September 29th. We're going to be doing, uh, we're going to have a week of uh, free yoga. We're going to offer free class every day. Check, the, we're going to send emails out. We're going to have class package specials, massage specials. We're going to have a silent auction. That every time you come into a class, you'll get a ticket and you'll get a chance to put it in a jar of something that you want to win. We have new t shirts that were created. Ooh. And we've got, and you can't have a party without. Food. food. Oh, we're getting food. <laughs> we have some munchies and some fun stuff. So, yeah, come and join us. Come and celebrate with us. Yeah, even if you're not a student here, just come and check it out. Yeah, have fun. Yeah.